Hello and welcome to the Managing Uncertainty Podcast. This is Brian Strausser, Principal and Chief Executive here at Braypath. And in episode 203, I want to talk about a recent article in the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal article, which we'll link in the show notes, is titled, Cyber Chiefs Seeking Board Seats, But They Have Their Work Cut Out for Them. The gist of the article is this, that as cybersecurity becomes more critical in the corporate world, and the Security Exchange Commission's new proposed guidelines for cybersecurity oversight, which requires companies to provide more detail about the cyber expertise on their board. The thought is that this new requirement from the SEC might increase the demand for chief information security officers that have business experience and advanced degrees, and it might make it harder for others to land board seats. But what we're what we're finding is, as cyber chiefs are seeking to serve on company boards to take advantage of this new requirement, we're finding that despite their technical expertise, many CISOs lack the broad business experience and advanced degrees usually sought in board directors, making it challenging for them to secure these positions. Now, for background, even at cybersecurity-focused companies, competition for board seats can be intense. And so companies are looking for CISOs who also have cross-functional expertise and not just technical knowledge. And they're finding that this is more difficult than they think. CISOs must learn to translate cybersecurity information into clear risk information that non-technical board directors and company leadership can quickly understand. And this shift might necessitate a rethinking of the CISO role itself shifting away from a purely technical focus towards more of a business risk perspective. The current market for director training programs for cyber executives is quite immature. These courses or these types of courses could help CISOs understand business and law better, but there's no widely agreed upon standards for what this kind of training should even look like. Companies, the Wall Street Journal says, companies may even need to scrutinize their board composition more closely due to the SEC's proposals and the rising cyber threat landscape. The lack of technical knowledge among board members could lead to improper risk management. And while companies have been adding cyber expertise to their more senior ranks over time, simply having cyber experts on a board is not enough to meet the SEC's new requirements that CISOs and other staff need to communicate their challenges in language that board members understand, the language of business, of risk, the cost of mitigation, and necessary resources. My recommendation in reading this is similar to the recommendation I would give to resilience professionals, business continuity and crisis management, and crisis communication professionals. When you're looking to grow within an organization, when you're looking to move up the leadership ranks to the executive roles. And that is that CISOs, just like resilience professionals, need to broaden their skill sets just beyond the domain they practice in, just beyond, beyond just their technical expertise. That any leader, even a CISO, needs to have a strong understanding of business risk. They need to learn to communicate effectively with non-technical leaders and board members, and they should consider pursuing additional training or education in business or law. And that companies should ensure they have diverse boards that include members that have technical expertise who can properly understand and manage cybersecurity risk. 
when I was considering going to grad school, the first time I went to grad school, I was a, a leader at Target that was being looked at as someone who had the potential to move on and become a director, senior director, which I did in time. And I was in a conversation with my HR director about my personal development, about things I was thinking about, things I wanted to do better. And I mentioned grad school and he looked at me and said, so when you're thinking about grad school, Brian, what are you thinking about? And I was like, well, I thought I would get a degree in like a master's degree in criminal justice because that's my field. That's a field I was in. I was leading business continuity crisis management at, at, at the company at the time. And he goes, you know, it's interesting, Brian, because your undergraduate degree is in criminal justice. And he goes, if you look around, he goes, you know, people that are directors and vice presidents and senior vice presidents, you know, they have MBAs and they have law degrees and it gives them a different skill set of skills in their toolbox. And the more that I talked to people that were in those positions, my, my mentors, people that I trusted, my boss, my boss's boss at the time, um, and even the, the general counsel, the, the senior most leader in my organization, all their advice echoed that, you know, when you're advancing into those ranks, it's not about becoming more of a technical expert. It's not about learning more about the things that you already know how to do well. It's about putting a different set of skills into your toolbox. It's about giving you a different toolbox to even draw from. And based on that, I decided to pursue an MBA. I went to the University of Minnesota uh, in the uh, executive MBA program at the Carlson School of Management. And I got an amazing education in the fundamentals of business in understanding how finance and accounting and operations management and organizational design and economics and, and accounting and marketing and strategy all played into how an organization operated. And it made me a better leader. It made me a better leader at the level I was at and it positioned me better to advance to the next couple of levels in the organization because my language was no longer the language of criminal justice or crisis management or business continuity. It was the language of business. It was the same language that the non-subject matter experts in my field spoke when they talked about my field. And I have never regretted 10 years, almost 10 years later, obtaining that education and learning and putting that kind of skill sets into my toolbox. And I would encourage you to think about the same as you think about how to best position your career for those next steps. That's it for this edition of the Managing Uncertainty podcast. We'll be back next week with another new episode. Be well.